Hey, food friends, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast, your number one spot to get mentoring, guidance, and behind-the-scene learnings to help you understand what it really takes to launch, grow, and scale your packaged food or beverage business. On the show, you'll hear from food founders at various stages of growth, and you'll hear from me and my 14 years of packaged food and beverage experience. Each episode is packed with insights, inspiration, and learning to help you on your food business journey. I'm your host, Ainsley, and this is the Food Founders Podcast. jump into today's show, I want to thank our sponsor, the Food Brands That Sell program. Food Brands That Sell is a six-week deep dive into the CPG industry and teaches you how to win within that industry by creating a brand that you, retailers, and consumers love. Here's what a recent alumni had to say about the program. I am so grateful that I chose to do Food Brands That Sell. I learned so much about myself, my journey, and my company. These six weeks changed how I'm doing my business, and I can see the difference already. I no longer feel alone. If you aren't already on the waitlist, hop on over to foodbrandsthatsellwaitlist.com or grab the link below to make sure that you are first to know when the program is accepting new students. All right, let's dive into today's episode. All right, everyone, and welcome to the Food Foundry Podcast. Today, we've got Ryan Bagley from Wagyu Farm, and we're going to be talking about how Wagyu Farm came to be and what it means to have Wagyu Farm today in America. Ryan, welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having us. Ryan, I am really curious about your backstory in terms of how you got to owning this farm, because I know that you weren't born into farming. So could you take a moment and share with everyone how you ended up where you are today owning Wagyu Farm? Yeah, I'll try to make it as short and painless as possible. A long story short, it really started as a dream that was implemented into my mind on the way back from a hunting trip from Kansas with a few childhood friends. We were just talking about different breeds of cattle and we had started with the Brangus herd. And we've heard about Kobe beef, of course. And that's about all I knew from Wagyu. And he said, no, man, there's actually new cattle in America and you should look into it. I didn't really spark this, this wonder. So we started doing some research and I still never had it. So I didn't fully understand what it was, but I knew that it was something different that was starting to catch on that you were hearing more and more. And this was about seven years ago. So I was in Vegas at a conference for Allstate because that's what I was doing at the time. I was a consultant and a manager for Allstate Insurance Company. And I went to this fancy restaurant there and got the Wagyu. And my eyes were just open and it set this fire down in my soul so much that I called my wife that night and said, honey, I think I want to quit my job. And I had spent years of getting my securities license, my insurance license, working my way up 
in the, in the company and a decade of this in one night, it all changed. So the next morning I went with my colleagues and had lunch. We had a conversation and I told them at the table, I said, I'm thinking about quitting my job. And they were like, you just got a promotion. Like I had just been promoted to the best market in the Southern territory. And my wife and I were actually house shopping in Lafayette, Louisiana. And I'm like, I think I want to quit my job. And they're like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to go raise Wagyu cattle. And they're like, you are insane. The next day I woke up and I called my boss and I met him in the hotel in the lobby. And I told him, I'm like, I think I want to do something different. And he's, what company are you going to work for? I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to raise cattle. And he just started laughing and he just said, of course you are. But like, he said, well, I wish you the best of luck. And so that kind of started our journey. The backstory of all that, what kind of led to all this was my wife and I at the time were trying to have children and we had been trying for five years. And it's why we started raising Brangus is to start raising our own beef because we really couldn't figure out, the doctors couldn't figure out where the problem was because both of us were healthy and so we started to determine, okay, what can we, what could it be environmental factors? And so we started looking at the food we were eating and the hormones and the steroids and the processed foods and the dyes. And so we just took all of that out and that, that led us into the cattle. And then of course the backstory on the Wagyu, but so now we both, my wife was actually working with Allstate as well. We both quit our jobs. We sold our house in Shreveport. We bought a farm. Actually, my wife had never even seen the farm. I drove by. I talked her into it, said, hey, would you want to move back to Shelby County? And she said, sure. So three days later, I had made an offer and they accepted on a piece of, on a farm that she had never even seen before, other than a video I sent her when I drove through the gate. And I said, I think this feels like home. And so. She believes in me and said, okay, let's just take this wild ride together. So fast forward, now we have two kids. We have a farm with chickens and donkeys and horses and cows. And we have, we do our gardening and we raise our own beef and my kids are absolutely spoiled. But it's funny because we were some of the first people in our area to do Wagyu. And everybody thought we were insane. No one could pronounce it. No one knew what it was. But when I started having friends over for dinner and they're like, oh, my kid's a picky eater. They won't eat anything. I would make them Wagyu and slice it up very thin for them. And the kids would absolutely inhale it. And I knew right then that Wagyu was going to be successful for us. Because kids drive the palate of all households, whether you like to admit it or not, as a parent, where your kids want to eat, you're going to take them and eat there. So it was an eye-opening experience for me. And that was like three years ago when I hooked everybody's kids on to this Wagyu and now it's just taken off. We started with one a month and now we're 
up to the 30 to 40 a month range and we're sending them all over to Middle East and Asia and Canada and America. So it's been a very wild ride for us. And I think I gave you the shortest version of the story I could possibly do to fit in our time constraints, but because there was a lot of other factors. I didn't talk about all the families and friends that make up Wagyu Farms. We started and Josh and I are the, actually the founders. And then Josh and I talked some of our other friends and family members into getting Wagyu. And we kind of made a group to put our cattle together because having a beef business and selling one or two a month is great, but we had bigger dreams of getting to where we could sustain restaurants. Our first restaurant meeting we went to, I'll never forget it, was in Austin. And we, we loaded up a van and we loaded it full of Wagyu beef. And we, our goal was to just to stop by restaurants and just give them this beef and see what would happen. Cause it's hard to get anybody on the phone. So we packed up this van, put some hammocks in it, coolers and started in East Texas and went from East Texas to Dallas, down to Houston, down to Austin. We were in this restaurant and we cooked the meat for the chef. And he said, I'll take some, but I'll need 360 head a year. And we looked at each other and we're only doing one a month, right? And we looked at each other and we're like, okay, we're going to have to make some serious changes if we're ever going to take this business to the next level and be serious about it. So that's when we started recruiting other friends to dive in this crazy journey and put our resources together. So now we have six families that are involved that all raise Wagyu and we all takes turn we all take turns on selling. And it's been working for us so far. We're always wanting to grow and get better, but we've come a long way from selling beef out of the bluebell truck to now globally. So that's a Huge transition from a few years ago, you were doing insurance. You had literally never raised in cow before. <laughs> and then now you are able to supply a lot more people and bring together other farmers as well for supplying people with Wagyu. I mean, that that is just a huge jump. So like number one, congratulations for Feeling that inner need to want to do something more connected to your food and you recognize that there was something that maybe you could take more control of and maybe like weren't feeling connected with what you were doing and you acted on it and you just went for it. You grabbed that bull by the horns and you like made it there. And then you also recognized early on that there was an opportunity to make this bigger when that first restaurant was like, I'm going to need X amount, like 350 a year to make this happen. Talk to me about that a little bit more. At that point, were you and your partner like, how on earth are we going to do this? Maybe we shouldn't do this. Or were you like, we will find a way. Talk to me because I feel like your mind probably got a little just did there and readjusted. And you really had to relook at some things there. I've always been the type of person that when I 
set my mind to something that I want to do. Well, I'm a rose colored glasses guy and I've got an extreme amount of optimism and my partner does too. And we just on the ride back, it was a six hour drive home. So we had a lot of time to think and it was a turning point to where we realized we needed help and we didn't have the banks were not loaning money against Wagyu because of they didn't understand it. It was a new market. So we don't just take our cattle and sell them into the cell barns. When we take cattle and into our feedlots at nine months old, which is typically seven to nine months old is when you typically sell a calf into the cell barn. And that's your commercial producers. So at that point, we then put our cattle on feed at nine months old for another 21 months. And it's a long-term investment. And the, we didn't have the money to go to the bank. And it sounds funny, we didn't have the money to get loans from the banks, but really to grow like we wanted to grow, we would not have been able to service the debt on the line of credit at the end of the year to satisfy our growth needs. So the only thing we could do is bring other people in that would raise the cattle to our protocols and then we would sell them to the market together. It's That's how Waggy Farms came about. It's a bunch of individuals that came together to work together to produce great beef. And we all have families. We're all close. We all take vacations together. Our kids are growing up together. It's the life that we wanted to live for our kids. The life that we were living prior to this Wagyu journey was one where we were home maybe two days a week and then packing our bags and then on the road again. And we changed a lot to to be able to do this, which it's been full of ups and downs. It's been incredibly hard. Anytime you get into something and you're dealing with live animals and land and management of that land, I made every mistake that you can make. I've wasted so much time and money on doing things the wrong way. It's not even funny. We don't have enough time to go into the mistakes that we made. And I wish my partner was on because we could sit and talk for hours about all the hard times that we've had. We eventually learn from those things. And it's, I can laugh about it now, but at the time it was, we, we've been to a point to where we're like, man, I don't know if we can keep going because it's just, it just seems like at every turn, there was something trying to stop our plan and our vision, whether it be the embryos not taking or the, the cattle not producing the embryos well enough or the processing plants wouldn't accept our, our dates because we didn't have enough to be relevant. And it's just this long list of things that we literally, you can't have any quit in you, in any business. It's just not the Wagyu business. It's in any business, the resilience to, you know, get hit in the face and just keep moving forward. And that's a part of life, but we're extremely happy with where we are. Do we want to get bigger? Of course, we're living a life of gratitude toward the animals and to all the family members that took a chance 
because as I said, it, it was a, it was something that no one was doing when we started around here and it luckily it panned out for now, it's their animals. So we're not over the hill, but we're, I think we're on top of it or maybe on just the West side. Yeah, definitely. I would imagine with any business there, there are these complexities, let alone when you're dealing with land, let alone when you're dealing with animals. For anyone who is listening right now who's like, hold on, what is Wagyu beef? Can you take a moment and just share what is Wagyu beef and what makes it different? And other than that delicious taste that you experienced, what are those first nights that made you decide to want to go into there? Why Wagyu beef over the beef that they can buy from a grocery store? Yeah, so I'll take a moment to clear up some issues that, that, currently we face on a consumer level. And it's something that I'm glad you asked me about because Wagyu beef technically can be any beef that has at least 40, 43 to 45% Wagyu in it. So if you're going to a restaurant, to a grocery store, and it has Wagyu on it, nine times out of 10, it's going to be a half Wagyu product or just below half Wagyu product. And so that's been hard for us. We're having to educate our consumer that our products, there's also this idea that full, that hundred percent Wagyu beef doesn't exist in America because it's only raised in Japan. That's not true. They shipped over females and bulls from Japan that are hundred percent. We have a breed registry here for 100% Wagyu and Wagyu farms only raises 100% Wagyu. And there's some other farms like us that that do that. And so when you're out in the marketplace, um, do your research on the farms that you're buying from. Try to do, try to shop with the farm that, that advertises that they have 100% full blood to get that taste, that the umami flavor that you're after. Because there's a big difference between an F1 cattle and the F1 means the first cross. So whether it be an Angus cross with a Wagyu, there's a lot of difference between that product and a hundred percent full blood product. But the flavor is one that changed my life. It's unforgettable when you have it. It's hard to put into words how good it is. The best way I tell people all the time, so one of my favorite cuts is a, a New York strip. And the marbling and the flavor is incredible. But what is crazy is that it has a texture of an ahi tuna. And it's just very soft and it just melts in your mouth. And that's what you're, that's what you're looking for when you're wanting to experience Wagyu beef. Is that, that ah flavor. And when you have it, you'll never be able to go back. My kids won't eat any other type of beef now. I've completely ruined their lives. (laughs) On any type of beef other than Wagyu. And different palates, Wagyu is very rich. And so different palates may prefer an F1 Wagyu over a full blood. It's all about preference. They're both excellent. They're both better than any meat you can buy in the store. But of course, I prefer full blood, but 
there there's always a preference there and the taste buds and but it's both products are delicious and so the f1 you'll hear that referred to as american wagyu and then the full blood product would be 100 percent full blood wagyu so those are the two differences that a lot of consumers don't realize when they're buying they go to costco or either walmart is selling wagyu now and kroger and a lot of those products are an f1 costco i think they actually import japanese wagyu there's a lot of australian wagyu coming in that's going to be a f1 or a purebred as i said do the research yourself search out the farms that have the full blood products a lot of them have stores that online stores that you can buy from directly and you will not be disappointed i'm so curious from all different cows that they have a whole so like wagyu beef being like it's a type of, of cow. Why is it that some of them do taste different and better? Is it the food that they eat? Is there simply the environment? How do you actually get to a different tasting, you know, better tasting beef, if you will? So environmental factors do affect the taste. But in Wagyu, it it really comes down to the genetics. So if you were to eat a Wagyu from the Midwest, it's going to have a more metallic taste, depending on where the feedlot is. But there is, and the reason for that is there is a lot of iron in the water there. And also if you feed beet pulps, there's iron in beet pulps. Iron affects the color and the taste of your Wagyu. And I learned that the hard way. It took me about three years to learn that. We made one of our first kills and the meat was very dark red. It had this metallic aftertaste, a metally aftertaste to it. And I'm like, eh, this is not right. So I got with our consultant and he said, look in your feed and then test your water. And so we put in an infiltration system that took out all of the iron in our water and a lot of other minerals that, that, that weren't needed, the chlorine and all that good stuff. But three years later, we, we had nice pink, very, it changed the whole flavor profile. We feed a lot of corn. We don't do any steroids or any hormone growth hormones. We try to have products that are natural grains and then we use of course free choice hay but whatever you're feeding them affects if you're feeding them alfalfa or grass that you're going to have a yellow color fat you're going to have this gamey taste and the and there's people out there that grass fed i, I don't knock anyone's preferences the, our customers want the Nice white fat, pink color meat, a very clean flavor. And we get that from feeding a majority of corn, cotton seed. We still have some beets in our feed just because it's a little, it's a little cheaper product to feed. But yeah, it's so it's a, your, to your question, it's a little bit about this genetics and the environmental factors. 
But what's crazy to me is that Japan actually bred these animals to be workers, to pull plows. Mm. And so they used breeds, different breeds of cattle from the West, from the West, from Korea, and they mixed them together. And they, they figured out, man, these things marvel and they taste better than anything in the world. And that's what's crazy to me because we, you know, a lot of the breeds that they mixed came from the West, that they just bred them better. It's amazing. It's how can you have an animal that looks similar to a Carinchy roping steer, but yet it's the most amazing thing that you've ever experienced. They are very ugly on the outside. It's the, it's the best example of don't judge a book by its cover because <laughs> they are amazing animals. They're smart, they're kind, and they taste amazing, which is the hardest part for me because I, you spend so much time with the cattle raising them and seeing them grow and develop. And it, it's a hard part for me to watch them go. I actually only drove them. I drove them to the plant one time. And after that, I said, I can't ever do that again. So I, my guys have to drive the cattle for me to the plant because I'm a little soft charged on that end. Yeah, um, I imagine that's like a hard piece of it. But it is the circle of life in a way. And you get to the nourish humans. And, you know, it really does become a whole circle thing. So I'm... Luckily for everyone that's listening, they're going to be able to find them some good Wagyu beef around the corner, especially with uh, these things in our hand we call a cell phone. You can get online, order it, and it'll be at your house in two days. That's one thing. That's one thing I will say about going through the whole COVID thing is that it forced a lot of consumers to get comfortable with going to the grocery store on their cell phones. And it's really out our niche product because during that time no one was going to the grocery store you could still get on your cell phone and as beef prices were rising you're you're able to try wagyu beef ground beef and it's like the is the breakthrough to being able to spend some money on some steaks it's 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 tough today but people were saying hey i can get wagyu ground beef for 12 dollars a pound and Regular ground beef is $9 a pound. Let's just try the Wagyu. And it started this whole momentum shift of people were like, oh man, this stuff is good. We've had people that can't ever go back eating regular beef again. So we never raised our price during COVID. We kept the same price because I thought it was a way to gain some market share and get people trying our beef. And I think a lot of people around here appreciate it, being able to try it and I can't tell you how much I've given away. That's a different story, but. You have definitely introduced a lot of people to to Wagyu and people's palates are never going to be the same. So thank you for that, for bringing this to market. And thank you for sharing your story today. If everyone wants to go and learn more about your farm and what you guys are doing and try some Wagyu beef if they haven't for the first time, where can they find you? Yeah, so our online shop is Umami. That's our brand name, but it can be found at olivefed.com. And then our other shop is Cowboy. And that's something I didn't even talk about is our two different products. 
One product we have is olive-fed beef, which we ship olives in from Greece. Then we grind the olives into our food. We're the only farm in America that's doing that. And so we have the, that product at olivefed.com. And then we have our non-olivefed product at cowboywagyu.com. And yeah, you can try either kind and reach out to us and let us know. You can find the farm at Wagyu Farms on Facebook. We're on Instagram as well. We'd love to hear your feedback. And if you don't want to try our farm, just go out and try Wagyu. And it's an amazing product. That's what we're really trying to do is educate and share the word and lift all the boats up with the tide. But I really appreciate the questions and you having me on here today. This is great. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. And I look forward to more people trying Wagyu and continuing to watch you to grow. That's it for this week, food friend. Thanks for tuning in. If the show helped you in any way, please go ahead and leave a rating or review of the show below. I also want to thank our sponsor one more time, the Food Brands That Sell program, the program to transform how you navigate the CPG industry and ultimately sets you up for success within it. Go ahead and get yourself on the waitlist using the link below, or you can put yourself on the waitlist at foodbrands.sellwaitlist.com. Catch you next time, food friend.